Hey, what's up? So this is a pretty, pretty intense uh, conversation, as you can tell by the title. I'm going to read out shortly in the introduction here how me and this gentleman, um, Andrew O'Brien, got connected and the post that he made that actually led to this conversation. Uh, it's a powerful one. It's it's a really, um, maybe one of the heaviest topics that we've covered on this podcast. Actually, no, we've covered a lot of heavy stuff here. What am I talking about? That's what this podcast is all about, going deep and getting real, authentic, and raw with the human condition. And the thing that's transpired since then, since this conversation, is uh, this week he's actually going on this pilgrimage to a jail um, to go and talk to his mother that uh, basically, as you can hear from this conversation, uh, really traumatized him and was involved in a murder and prostitution and framing people. Just a lot of intense, intense... uh, drama basically and this guy's going on a i think it's like a four-day walk to this uh prison to go and forgive his mother and uh i think that this coming up around father's day this episode coming out it's good timing because we all have these we all have these mini or large dramas in, in our families and it gives people a chance to i think assess where they're at in their relationships. And hopefully this will get, be a kind of a, a wake-up call for you to take a, a hard look at if there's any conversations or any kind of forgiveness that needs to be be uh, brought to the surface in any areas that are incomplete in your life. You know, this past Father's Day was a really, really hard one for me, as usual. Those of you who have been following the podcast know that uh, I've been going through my own pilgrimage of sorts through the uh, family court system with my uh, my ex and our son. And I've reached out every Father's Day for the last couple years and no reply from the mother uh, or from my son, but I only have access to contact him through her, and she stopped that a while ago. So it's kind of this uh, self-reflection of myself uh, on this this topic of forgiveness and just looking at life is long, you know, and no one has a perfect scenario. But just know that things can change, people can be forgiven, life can move on. Even if you or they didn't do anything wrong, you know, sometimes it's just hard for people to come back into your life or for you to come back into their life because it has been such a long time. You're like, oh, well, it's been so long. Like I was talking to a friend of mine before uh, before doing this episode and she was saying how her best friend and her had a falling out like years ago and they were best, best friends. And I'm like, well, why don't you just message her and, and try and just say, hey, how things I miss you? And she was like terrified to do that because she's saying that too much time has passed. And I'm saying that that's more the reason to do something like this, to go ahead and try and reach out because so much time has passed, you know? Um, Anyway, I don't know what I'm talking about, but I guess that, you know, Father's Day and uh, being away from both my father, because I'm I'm, uh, overseas here 
and my son, I could really relate to this guy's story and especially how he just kind of had like a uh, come to the crossroads when he kind of said enough's enough. You got to do something about it. Kind of feel that's that's kind of where I'm at in my own journey right now. So anyway, let's get into the, uh, the interview here. As always, if you enjoy this, go ahead, share it with someone else. If you have not subscribed yet, you can watch this video on YouTube, uh, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you're listening. Go ahead, subscribe. If you're on iTunes, please leave a review. Really, really helps. And check out selfdeveloplife.com for some links to some cool bonuses. As always, if you want to have a conversation with me, one-on-one, I offer a free 20-minute coaching, counseling, consulting call, wherever you want to go. That's where we go. All right. Thanks, guys. Enjoy. And if you want to listen to the end of this episode, I just recorded a thoughtful summary of, uh, of this whole uh, topic and share some light on my own thoughts on, on family and forgiveness and, uh, and all that kind of emo stuff. So if you want to get all into them feelings, listen to the ends. My name is Andrew O'Brien, and I am the son of a famous convicted murderer. Her name is Michelle Marie Williams. You've seen her on 48 Hours, 2020, Nancy Grace, the TV show Snapped, and many more. And you also saw me on those shows where I discussed why I testified against my mother for the murder that she committed. It was one of the most challenging things I've ever faced in my life. And right now I'm on a journey. And this journey is to overcome my past and create a new life. And the first step of that journey is forgiving the one person I've held on to for the longest time and the bad memories that came attached to that person. So on June 26th of 2019, starting from Zilker Park in Austin, Texas, I will be walking over a hundred miles to go visit my mother at the prison that she's in in Gatesville, Texas. Now I'm walking because this is a journey. I need time to process the memories. I need to know what I'm going to say to her, how I'm going to say it, and I need the time and the peace to process everything before I get there. I'm doing this publicly in hopes that I help some people out there overcome their past. I'm hoping I help some people find a way to forgive those that have hurt them. This is one of the hardest things I've ever had to do in my life. I'm nervous. I have pits in my stomach, but it's time for me to forgive so I can finally recreate a whole new life where I'm actually happy. I hope you join me. Prosecutors say after Greg fell asleep, Michelle shot him in the head with his own gun, then arranging the evidence and cleaning up the crime scene to look like the killer was an intruder. In the early years, as Michelle moved from one man to the next, so too did her children. Lee and Andrew lived through it all. We were constantly moving every two years to a different trailer, hotel rooms, apartments, houses. We were just constantly jumping around. She's never really a mom that became a very cyclical thing, just moving constantly. You guys are being dragged around. Dragged around, yes. And what was that like? Rough. You don't want to get too settled in in one place because you don't know when things are going to change. But the most devastating witness to take the stand... It's her own son, her own adult son. It's Andrew O'Brien. You were brought up to the witness stand to testify about your mother. How did you feel? God, this is probably the worst feeling I've ever had. And they asked me to point to show witness. I could not make eye contact. 
right, welcome back everyone. And today I've got a special uh, kind of Father's Day segment here. I've got a gentleman on the line that I met in a uh, men's private Facebook group called Order of Men. It's got, I think, tens of thousands of, of men in there from all over the world that share just men's stuff, what they're going through. It's, it's been a great resource and I've connected with a number of uh, really powerful uh, men um, just sharing themselves. I've talked to a bunch on the, the uh, podcast in the past about the power of being part of men's groups for men or women's groups for women. And I've got a gentleman here named Andrew O'Brien, who there's hundreds of posts in there per week, but this one really, really stood out to me. And I'm actually going to bring it up and read it out here to kind of uh, pre-frame our conversation. And this is things that you don't really see people normally post on Facebook, but it really caught my eye because of the authenticity, the vulnerability, and just the realness of uh, this gentleman's um, life experience, and I'm going to go ahead and read it out, then bring him out here. So his name is Andrew O'Brien. He made this post uh, this past week, and I'm just going to read it out, and then we're going to get started here. So it says, prostitution, war, suicide, and murder. These are the four major hurdles I experienced in my life by the age of 23. I'm getting ready to embark on a journey of inner transformation. I'm calling myself out. I don't play victim, quote unquote to my experiences. However, I have allowed these life experiences to jade me and turn me into a man I am not proud of. I was raised by a prostitute who later became known as the famous murderer in the media called the Black Widow of Texas. I had to make the hard decision to testify against my mother in court for murder after she asked me to frame someone else for the murder she committed. I never planned on saying anything until she later tried to convince me uh, convince others that my brother was responsible. Wow. I've been deployed to Iraq. I've attempted uh, to take my own life at one point. I've spent the last 31 years of living trying to please everyone else, trying to make everyone else happy, trying to be what I thought everyone wanted me to be. I would become a chameleon to my environment just to try to earn love that I have craved since childhood. Recently, I lost my unborn son and it sparked something inside of me. I have two children that are in my life, but I've spent the majority of their life away working, trying to build an empire in my own business. As soon as I noticed this, I moved my family out of the city uh, onto an 18 acre homestead in Texas. I'm now going through my own journey of self-realization and self-transformation. I'm spending however long it takes to learn about myself, to overcome the ghosts of my past, to figure out what it actually takes to make me happy. I know nothing about myself, to be honest, I'm scared to be fully transparent. If things don't change, I know that this life would be a lot sooner, uh, that, that this life would end a lot sooner than it needs to be. As a man, I have children that need me. I'm not teaching these children how to live uh, if I don't take care of myself first. It's now time for me to be selfish so that I can become everything I'm supposed to be and the father they deserve. So being a week away from Father's Day, uh, that's a pretty powerful message, my man. And Andrew Bryan, I just want to thank you for sharing that and uh, welcome you to the show. And uh, come on out and just give a, a little background about you know, who you are, your story, and really where you're at in your, your journey, which sounds like it's been a, quite, the, uh, quite the intense one, my friend. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on here. So a little bit about you know the backstory obviously they've heard it by now but you know what is important to understand is that i've spent a lot of time angry 
um, frustrated, filled with testosterone and, and pumped up and um, more importantly, numb, right? I, I didn't allow people the opportunity to hurt me. I stopped loving. I stopped caring about being loved. Um, I had craved love for so long, but this, I didn't realize I was also deflecting it because I didn't want, because uh, my, in my mind, the consequences of love were always so negative that I just didn't want it at all. And as I've gotten older, as time has gone on, as experiences have increased, um, all I've realized is that now all I want is to find inner peace. It's to stop being so angry all the time um, and really learn to accept love and intimacy from women, which I'm not good at. Uh, I've never had a problem with um, interacting with women is the most professional way I can say it, but it never really allowed love or, or intimacy in my life. And that is something that I'm working on changing. Got it. Well, that takes a big man to admit that. And, um, I mean, your, your story, just, just hearing the, the glimpse of it there is just pretty much from being a child, you were just faced with this intense trauma around the person that you're supposed to care about the most or who's supposed to care for you the most, and then kind of asked you to turn on, uh, it sounds like your brother, and I could only imagine what that would have been like at, you were how old at that time about? Um, about that time is 2011, so I was about 23. 23, okay. So that's just when you're kind of starting to figure things out and kind of become independent, and to, to have that um, as a life experience, I can only imagine, um, how did things turn out after that? Like what was the sentencing and what was the whole result of that, uh, that, that horrific situation? Curiously. Yeah. So it was happening in October of 2011. The trial happened in October of 2014. So it happened three years later. Um, she was originally given a plea deal for five years cause they didn't have enough evidence. Um, long story short is she ended up not taking the plea deal um, I testified against her in court, and she was found guilty for murder and sentenced to 60 years in prison. 60. Wow. Wow. And 60 uh, years. What, what's your relationship been with, like, with her like, since then? Have you been to the prison to visit, or what? are you guys on talking terms, or is it kind of – what does that look like? I went to go visit her once in 2015 to try and forgive her. And I went and saw her, but I was too scared to say what I wanted to say. I was always scared to confront her about my issues. Um, so actually, the exciting thing is I'm going uh, on June 26th. I am walking from uh, Austin, Texas to her prison, which is in Gatesville, which is over 100 miles away. And I'm going to forgive her. And so wow. it's a journey I'm actually going to do. I'm going to walk for about three days. Wow. And it'll take me about three days walking to get there. And I'm going to go forgive her for everything. I'm doing a walk because I want to, I want to have the time to process it, yeah. to figure out what it's like uh, to, to really process everything before I get there. Wow, that's, that's quite the journey. That's going to be... Uh... A spiritual journey and hopefully one that brings a lot of healing and uh and and forgiveness wow man that's uh i, I think that that's the right move though man like i think that you know there, there's a saying that forgiving someone isn't for them it's for yourself you know like it, it really uh it obviously it'll you know make her day but it'll probably also make your life you know like to give you that completion and uh ability to 
Yeah, to just move on in a way that is um, probably gives you a bit of closure coming from that as well. You know, um, I can only imagine being in that situation. I can't even imagine it actually, to be honest with you. But but it's something that I don't think many people in this world can relate to what you're going through with that. But uh, I think that what you're doing, what was the, what was the was there like something that triggered you to say that okay now I've got to kind of turn everything in my life. Uh, on pause or change it to go move to this acreage with, with your boys and kind of really start doing the deep work on yourself. Was there something that kind of triggered that or has this been kind of like a gradual thing saying, okay, I really got to start uh, addressing um, myself. Um, you know, it was the about? death of Declan. So Declan is my unborn son that was inside of my wife. He, he, we found out at 14 weeks that he had been dead for a week inside of my wife. And when we learned all this, it was, it was a, a life awakening thing, right? It was kind of like, here's what I've learned throughout every traumatic experience in my life. What I've learned is if I don't put worth behind it, I will end up depressed in a dark room for the rest of my life. What mm -hmm. I mean is that if I allow my son Declan to die and nothing in my life to change positively from that, mm -hmm. I feel like he died for no reason, right? If I allow my childhood to just impact me negatively for the rest of my life. I feel like this entire life is worthless. Like what is the point of even being here? So I have to put worth behind every negative experience. That's the way I cope with the hard times is yeah. to put worth behind it, whether that's going to impact my life, my children's life, a stranger's life. I always have to find a way to put worth behind it. So when I lost Declan, I realized that I wasn't spending enough time with my kids. I was working too much. Uh, you know, I didn't really have a relationship in my family. I mean, they love me. I love my kids. I kiss them every day, hug them every day, tell them I love them every day. But I didn't have quality time to actually bond right. with them. And so it was in that moment that I realized if I had to lose my son, I'm going to make his death mean something, which means I'm going to change something about my life. And ever since then, the relationship I've had with my children has only strengthened uh, because of this, uh, this whole situation. You know, that just reminds me of a conversation I was having yesterday. Um, a guy, uh, I know, um, I didn't know this about him, but he said that he had a twin brother uh, who died when he was 17. And it really kind of impacted me because both my parents are twins. Um, my, my father has a twin sister and my mother had a twin um, sister as well who died at birth and so I asked him I said you know like that how did that affect you being 17 and losing a twin brother and he says you know like to be honest with you it was obviously tragic and traumatic but in some way it was kind of the best thing that ever happened to me because it made me start living my life in a way that really um, made me realize that life is precious, life is short, I've got to make the most of this life. I started loving my family more, I started really prioritizing things in my life. And just it just made me the person that I am today, and woke me up kind of from the rat race that I was in. And, and I kind of said something that I'll say to you too, like it's kind of, you know, blessings come in the most surprising way sometimes of, of hurt and, and um, you know, you never really know what the full story is going to be from a tragic event. Not saying that what happened with you and, and your son Deacon was uh, a blessing, but I think what you're doing is turning it into that uh, in some way to make you realize that um, there's some things that needed to change and, and improve. So uh, I commend you for having that perception on, on such a, a hard thing. And I've talked openly on this podcast before about two 
pretty uh, heavy situations uh, I've gone through that doesn't really get spoken about quite a lot for, for men is one, the, um, the pain and emotional trauma that not only women go through in, in abortion, but men also go through with the loss of a child. And, and I unfortunately experienced, experienced that a couple of years ago with an abortion in a relationship that I was in. And it is it, it, having a child die um, either through medical complications or, or a choice um, it's, it's, it rocks people to the core. It's, it is a death of a family member. It doesn't matter if they've been on this earth a day, a year, a decade, it's, it's, it's still someone that is part of your family. And, uh, I think, yeah, there, there, there's a lot of support groups out there. I went to, have, are you familiar with Rachel's Vineyard? Rachel's Vineyard. It's for, um, unborn. It's a, it's a therapy, yeah. it's a therapy program for unborn children, either through, mostly through abortion or through um, uh, medical complications um, before the pregnancy uh, is, is complete. Uh, I, went, I went there with my, um, my partner um, at the time and there was a weekend retreat and it was like one of the most healing experiences I've ever gone through. So for anybody that's going through something like that, I highly recommend taking a look at Rachel Vineyard. It's, uh, they have them all over the world and it's, uh, it's a great organization to help people come together and, and grieve and have closure of, uh, of their lost ones. So, um, but anyway, yeah, yeah. I have to tell my wife about that. Yeah. Rachel's vineyard. Yeah. 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 I can send you the, I'll have the link actually below the show notes if people want to take a look at the website. Um, but, but yeah, so I, I can only imagine the, the relationship with your wife and, and her, uh, going through the, the hurt and the loss as well. Like that's not an easy thing for man or woman to experience. So, um, it's, it's really good that you guys made the decision to kind of start, you know, taking the time to take care of yourselves, uh, going through that. Um, and, and what have you experienced so far? Like how, when was that? Like, when did you move out to this new location and how, how far along are you in the process of this self-discovery, uh, mission that, that you're on? Yeah, it's all happened April 1st. So, um, April 1st was when we found out that it was March 31st, we found out that he was no longer alive. April 1st, we had to go in for the surgery to get him removed. Um, so it all began April 1st. We moved out here. Uh, we were supposed to move to this place on April 1st. And um, so we moved out here into this 18-acre homestead out of the country, slowed down, you know, really enjoyed. Uh, my relationship with my children has only strengthened since then. I get a lot more time with them. We've built things on the property together. We feed the animals together. We, um, you know, my son loves mowing the grass with me on the riding lawnmower. I mean, it's, we get to do things. I spent so much time behind a computer for 16 to 18 to even sometimes 32 hours straight um, because I was trying to hustle and grind and build my empire and make a bunch of money and the money was coming in, but the relationships were dwindling. Mm. And I just realized that money... I always use money to try to fill that void in my life, right? Because I, I always grew up so broke. I just never wanted to be broke. And I've, I've been really successful at points in my life, not billions, but I've been successful. I've had really good money and was still miserable. Um, and so I really learned that it wasn't the money that I needed. It was a stronger relationship with my children. That's only gotten better since then. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um... It, it, people people think that they can solve everything if they just make more money and what it's not really the 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 key to happiness i think what you 
you said hits the nail on the head, you know, it's spending time with loved ones. It's, it's taking care of your health, your mental health, physical health, and, uh, and just being in a space where you just feel good and you feel okay. It's, it's, it's not about, uh, <laughs> you know, that, that I think that we're, we're very guilty as a society these days to just like put so much, um, uh, priority and and uh, significance on like the hustle grind game you know you see guys like Gary Vee and nothing wrong with that it's important to to make a difference in the world and and to provide for for you and your family and whatever the case may be but it's not you know my pers perspective is maybe it's just getting older but it's like hey you know you don't get to take any of these toys or things with you after you die you know like what you want to be be building is kind of a legacy that can uh, of moral virtues that can be passed on through generations of your family and you know, coming up to father's day uh it's always a very very hard uh time for me because um i was a young father my my son was born when i was like 23 years old and i went through the, uh, the family court system for about 10 years and didn't come out on the good side of it um and uh, i've been basically separated from my son who lives in california um the last number of years and and i reach out all the time to try and get on a skype call again like we always used to do or or have another visit and just like it's just denied 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 and uh, i think there's a lot of fathers out there and mothers that uh holidays like this uh, are really really hard i did a, an episode um a while back about the whole court family court system and really how unjust it is and i think coming up with holidays like this um hopefully your story gives people inspiration that um you know family really does come first and should come first um regardless of people's uh past um you know you can always resolve uh conflicts and issues and i think what you're doing with your mother is a great testimony of that like someone that's put you through so much probably mental and, and emotional hell and trauma that you still are becoming the bigger man to go out there on your journey to uh to forgive her and like i said it's not just for her it's also for yourself so um i hope that this is kind of a, an inspiration for people to kind of put the past in the past whatever that may be with uh, a family member maybe a, if it's a child that hasn't talked to their their father or their mother for a while you know like like you said life is short and uh the good things in life don't last forever and that's the relationships and uh people unfortunately expire and um you want to make those amends before it's too late. So I really hope that that, that uh, connection with your mother goes well. What's, what's your relationship with like with your, your brother or your, your father? Is it like a pretty tight or has it been strained as well through all of this? Well, a um, couple of things is I'm forgiving my mother, not for her. I'm doing that for myself. I probably, and I will not maintain a relationship with her because of the extremes of what happened, mm. but I'm not going to hate her anymore. Right. Yeah. So I have to learn not to hate her anymore. Um, but speaking of the situation with your son, right. My father wasn't around when I was younger uh, because he had my brother when he was 19 and me when, or my brother when he was 17 and me when he was 19. Right. And so he wasn't around much as children. And I used to be so mad about that. But when I turned 19, he reached out and apologized to me for not being around. Um, and I had to be man enough to accept that apology and forgive him because I had to think back to myself of what kind of father would I have been at 17 years old? What kind of father would I have been at 19 years old? Right. At 19, I was doing drugs. So it was if I 
I had to learn to grow up. I had to learn to accept apologies, forgive people and move forward. If they wanted to maintain a relationship with me and my father did something my mother never did and he took responsibility for his own actions and he, for, he apologized to me for what he did instead of blaming the world or blaming someone else or blaming my mom, he took responsibility for it. And it meant a lot to see someone do that finally. So I accepted that. My brother, I don't talk to anymore. We had a falling out. Uh, part of my journey is going to be reconnecting with him uh, and trying again. I've tried numerous times, but I don't think we ever stopped trying, right? I'm sure you've never stopped trying with your son. I never stopped trying with my brother. Um, we will continue to try until the day that we die to reconnect and rekindle those relationships. Yeah, that's good. Um... And is your, are you still in contact with your father? Or was that just kind of like a, a reconnection that kind of happened and then kind of dwindled or what's, I'm just curious. Oh no, we have, we have a relationship now. It's obviously not as strong as your average father son relationship, right. yeah. but we do have a relationship and he's a great, you know, grandparent to my kids. Right. Uh, he's, he does really good with them and I live probably about two hours away from him. Nice. Nice. Well, that's great. That's good to hear. And you know, like, that's the thing Like, life is long, you know, like there's, there's, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of scenes to this play of life. And for those people listening, like if you're not in the great, the best scene of your life right now, like scenes can change, things can change. And, uh, you know, you never really know how things are going to end up. Um, I'm curious to kind of pivot now. What was being in Iraq like and, and serving? Like that's, that's something that, I mean, I've seen a lot of movies about war, but I've never served in one. So I can only imagine how intense and, uh, and just demanding mentally and, and physically and emotionally like going away to war was. Like, how was that whole experience? Where, how long were you there? Anything that you want to share from, from that whole adventure? Yeah, that was actually the least extreme of all my life oh, circumstances, wow. believe it or not. <laughs> so, That's yeah. a lot right Well, it's because... <laughs> a lot of people think about the movies right when they think about iraq or afghanistan and the troops deployed over there they think about movies and my deployment was not like any movie you've ever seen there wasn't a lot of combat i may have had a couple of bullets fly by my head a few times i had an ied uh, a bomb blow up behind my vehicle once um but outside of that, I had a friend that got shot about seven times, but I wasn't home. I was home on a, I was back home on mid tour leave, which is like your two week vacation uh, in war that you do in the middle of your deployment. So I wasn't even there to experience that one. I saw a few things, uh, but it was never action. I never killed anyone. I never had any of the experiences. I went out there from 2008 to 2009. And so that at that point in the war, you know, everything was slowing down. It's not like, you know, oh, yeah. being out there in 2001 when it all first started. Right, right. Yeah, I guess I laugh because it's kind of like your life was more of a war leading up to going to the war. Like after going through what you went through, you're like, oh, I got this war, Iraq, and that's no problem after everything I've been through. You're like, you know, um, but, but yeah, well, I'm glad that, uh, you know, it wasn't as uh, hectic as what, what, it could have been. Um, so, so yeah, you mentioned earlier about, about the work that you do. If you want to share with people what you're, you're working on, I, I've taken a look at it and uh, it seems like you're, you're offering a great service to, uh, to help people get a lot of uh, media exposure. Um, so I don't know if you want to share yeah, about that. Yeah. Like something that might be able to uh, be applicable. So we own a PR company. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, 
we own a PR company. And the reason I got into PR is because uh, I've shared this story that I'm sharing with you many times for years and years and years. And I actually, I gotten to speak at the White House before. I've traveled the world and spoke on stages on military bases across the world from Japan and South Korea and all over the United States. And um, I've gotten a lot of awards for my work. And all of that happened because of media exposure. So the media helped spread my story of overcoming suicide as a United States military veteran. Wow. And them sharing my story landed me speaking engagements, which landed me more speaking engagements, which landed me a three-year career traveling the world wow. and making good money and impacting many people's lives. And after doing that, I realized how powerful PR could be. So that's why we jumped into a PR company and I've, I've built a seven-figure PR company his first year and then crashed and burned it. So that was another great experience in my life. Um, and I recouped from that, right? I, I took a year off, learned a lot, restarted a PR company again. And now we've launched a software which allows you to uh, send automated pitches to the media. So when you find a good reporter that you know would be interested in your story, you answer a few questions about them, press submit, and it generates the entire pitch for you, for you to email out to the media contact. And the whole purpose of this is to help more people spread their message, right? Because PR firms cost about $20,000 a month. But there are so many people in this world that have such a positive story to tell and such an impact that they can make, with, but they don't have $20,000 a month to spend on a PR company. Yeah. So our goal was to help people spread their story. Wow, that's so uh, awesome, man. And, and just the fact that you were able to go through that process yourself and then kind of probably reverse engineer it to, to offer it to others. Um, I'm just thinking right now, I know some groups of people that would be very, very interested in what you offer. Um, I'll connect you with them uh, offline here. Um, that's awesome. And so traveling around the world as a speaker, you know, you said you went to Japan and South Korea. I, 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 that's actually where I live here. Um, I'm, I'm based in South Korea. So, uh, so yeah, I know they've got a big military presence here and, um, yeah, it's cool. You can go on and make an impact and, and really inspire a lot of these soldiers and, and people in the, uh, yeah, doing services. Uh, and I think that suicide is something that, you know, so many people, uh, struggle with and, and just to be able to come out and share your story. What was it that kind of made you change from that is that what you're going through now like your your self uh journey or was it something that happened a while back where you just kind of said I'm, I'm done with this uh this scene of life and wanting to uh to end it yeah it was you know i i attempted suicide in 2010 so it was before the whole murder situation and oh, all that happened right. um so it actually it all took place it was after a girl it was a situation with a girl right i wasn't even in love with her uh, but I found her. She cheated on me. I caught her in the tent with one of my buddies when we were out camping, the whole situation. And it wasn't, I didn't try to kill myself because of her specifically. I think she was just that final straw yeah. of my, my love-hate relationship with women as, as a whole. Um, and it was just that final, like, I'm never going to find a decent human um, I was just done. I was only 22 at that time. And, and it was just that final straw in my life where I was like, I can't do this anymore. Um, felt like a failure. I just gotten back from Iraq and, and I just 
and in Iraq, I felt like I had a purpose, like I had a meaning for life. Yeah. Um, my job out there was a lead gunner, which meant my job was to make sure we didn't get blown up or shot at, or if there were people, my job was to shoot back. And, and so even though I didn't see a lot of action, I felt like my life had purpose out there. Uh, I came home and, and my purpose was gone. And then I would go to this crappy situation with this relationship and then find out that another woman yet again this cheated on me. One cheated on me while I was out in Iraq. So I've been with a lot of disloyal women who cheated on me consistently. And I just stopped caring about women at that point. I was just done. And luckily, uh, I took over 120 pills in less than two minutes. And I woke up two days later in the ICU with machines connected to me, a catheter in me and coal coming out of me. Uh, and I woke up just with this newfound appreciation for life because the doctors told me that they had no idea if I was going to die. They were just waiting to see if my kidneys were going to fail. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's, uh, that's heavy, man. I'm glad that people were there to, to get you the care that you needed, man, like to get you to the hospital. That's, uh, you know, it, it's amazing. I've heard a number of stories about people actually on this podcast as well that, that had um, suicide attempts and like, I would say, I don't know, a high number of them, eight out of 10 were guys as a result, like the final push was because of a girl, you know, like these relationships we get in as men is, it's, you know, affairs of the heart, as my father always says, is are the hardest to, uh, to overcome and deal with. And uh, yeah, it's, it's really hard to um, recover from people that you put your faith and trust in that, that as you said, aren't loyal and, and um, end up kind of, you know, screwing you over. Um, but, but yeah, you know, it's always that that's, yeah, it's crazy. I read a stat somewhere that there's like literally tens of thousands of men per year commit suicide. And I think, what is it? A veteran commits suicide every 22 seconds or 22 minutes or something. I remember that there was like a big campaign around yeah, that. It's 22 veterans every day. 22 um, veterans every day. Kill themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's that's awful, man. So crazy, crazy statistic is veterans make up for less than 5% of the United States population, um, but they make up for over 10% of the suicides in the United States. Wow. So what? Yeah, it's insane. Do you, do you and what's crazy is one, at least one service member takes their own life every 26 hours. Um, that means someone that's currently serving, right? Wow. Wow, I didn't know that one. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Do you, a, do you think that's what just, a lot of people don't know? Yeah, what, what a lot of people don't know is they don't know that um, out of those soldiers and, and service members, that means people actively serving in the military that are taking their own life. Um, what they don't realize is that over 90% of them have never seen combat. And so, what, what we think about is if we look at where the military you know, gets their service members from, it's from poverty stricken areas, right? Most people don't join the military because their life was great. Most of them join to escape a crappy life. Right. Uh, so you think about the people that are coming in are coming from rough backgrounds and then you're adding the stress and, and everything that the military adds in. The suicide numbers are obviously going to be high when you're taking people from that, from that area of life. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's uh, that's true. That's a fact. Um, and I guess the other end of it is when they come home, they might lack purpose. They might lack the the resources that they they need to survive now. I mean, financially, getting a job, having the purpose and meaning, 
um, going through the uh, PTSD that they went through being out in a war zone trauma. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of factors that play there. So, um, you know, hopefully there continues to be conversations like this and, and people like yourself to go out there and hope and, and give hope and, and motivation to those of people that are uh, needing it. So um, that's, that's quite the, quite the life you've led and, and you're still a young dude, man. You're still, you're still, uh, you know, um, got a lot of scenes left in your play of life. And, and I think that the uh, commitment you have to be the best man you can be for your, your children and obviously your wife is uh is a testimonial of your character and your um uh, just, just just who you are man like overcoming what you've gone through to have this focus of of meaning and purpose and putting things in priority that it's not about you know probably building another seven-figure media empire but building a, a strong family unit and taking care of yourself and, and healing and and doing the inner work that that is necessary to um to do the outer work so and, and i'm sure that that will all fall into place for you man is there anything you want to kind of uh touch on before we kind of put a bow on this call here and uh where people can kind of reach out and connect with you and follow your journey here oh sorry everything slowed down there for a second can you say that last part again oh did it i don't know where it stopped i, I was just saying that um what part did it stop at i'll just kind of go back it, it sped up your voice real quick. I just I just lost the last very like last sentence that you said. Oh, got it. Yeah, I was just kind of acknowledging you for the uh, the the inner work that you're doing and uh, the priorities that you're putting on your family to build that strong unit, uh, and everything else will take care of itself. So I was just uh, asking where people can can connect with you and take a uh, a walk on this journey along with you to see how things go and and have a look at your what you're working on. Yeah, if you find me on Facebook, it's uh, This Crazy Journey is the title of the page. But on Facebook, the username, because This Crazy Journey was taken, is One Crazy Journey. So it's facebook.com slash One Crazy Journey. And you can follow along as I'm going through this, this process of, of overcoming and uh, sharing every step that I'm taking. Cool, man. Well, I'll have those links below. And uh, I just appreciate you being so open and uh authentic which is you know we're living in a social media world where people only share the highlights of their life and not the the real uh, experiences or, or challenges of life and i think that stories like this uh are very important to show people that everyone deals with struggles and drama and challenges and uh you know there's, there's ways to overcome them as you just shared here so thanks for uh for taking the time here today andrew and i really enjoy you learn to be uh learning more about you and your story, man. So I appreciate you, uh, you coming out and sharing. And we've got the NBA finals coming up here, uh, game five. So I don't know if you're a basketball fan or not, but I'm, I'm going to be watching that game of uh, Toronto trying to bring home the championship. So um, everyone out there, enjoy okay. your, your day. I'm going to be posting this around Father's Day. So uh, happy Father's Day to the uh, children and, and uh, fathers out there. And um, as I said earlier, you know, take the time to really connect with the important people in your life. And if there are things that need to be, um, you know, Oh, one thing I wanted to ask you, I forgot to mention this earlier. Have you ever heard of landmark form landmark education? No, I have not. Okay. I, yeah. I'm going to send you a link for that, man. That's something that really, really helped me. Um, 
a long time ago and and you talked about being at the white house this is something that obama made all of his uh staff go through it's it's a, a weekend workshop that's all about basically clearing up your past overcoming any kind of um incomplete uh relationships or um experiences in your life and really kind of putting them in a place where you can powerfully move forward it's a really really heavy um kind of counseling therapeutic weekend but it's uh it's a very very beneficial um experience that people go through that need to um kind of overcome anything and this is something that i think everyone needs to do to overcome things like that so i'll put a link from that below landmark education it's, it's really good it's quite affordable as well um but it's really good for people to uh help reconnect with pieces of their life that are incomplete so um yeah that goes into with everyone having a great safe father's day weekend here and um yeah life is short going to make it a great one and uh thanks for tuning in see you guys again next week for another episode if this is your first time go ahead and subscribe and you can look forward to more great people like andrew being on the show so i appreciate you andrew all the best and take care everyone thank you yeah wrap this up here so there you have it you made it to the end thank you for that you're hardcore hopefully you enjoyed this episode if you did go ahead and share it with someone take a screenshot tag andrew and i and if you want to follow his journey um he is going on a journey so go ahead uh, connect with him on social media he's going to be updating the trip to go see his mother in the prison so who knows what's going to happen there, man? Like, I just got to con commend the guy for, for taking the steps to, uh, as you said, he's not forgiving her for her. He's forgiving her for him, for himself. And as I said in the beginning, if, if there's somebody that you need to go out and reach out to and extend that olive, olive branch of uh, a peace offering or, or just say, hey, I messed up or I forgive you for you messing up, sometimes neither of you messed up things just kind of got weird or awkward and that's just how it goes that's life but i think it takes a big person to uh reach out and you know this kind of reminded me of something and you know here's the deal is that uh that you you just have to do what you can do and have no expectation of how that other person is going to react or not react you know it reminds me i had a i had a, one of my best friends i've ever had in my life actually uh, out here in Korea and uh, we were like brothers for a couple of years and uh, and then something happened and, and I don't think either one of us even really knew what happened we just kind of stopped hanging out and he recently left Korea and when I heard he was leaving I reached out and said hey man uh, I just sent him a message I said I hear you're, you're moving just want to say I appreciated the, the time that we had together I appreciate uh, I appreciate the uh, you know, I just appreciate you and I want to wish you good luck in your new endeavors going back to Canada. That's all I said. And I was expecting I was going to get a reply. I didn't get one, but I don't feel bad about that because I did what I could do. You can't control how someone's going to react or respond, but I feel good knowing that I did the best that I could. And this might be getting a little kind of emo at the end of this episode, but as I said, it's been uh, one of those weekends, these holiday weekends, you know, Father's Day affects a lot of people, sons and fathers in, in weird ways, because a lot of times those relationships are kind of strained for 
basically be, it comes down to expectation because the father expects the son to be a certain way or the daughter. The child expects the, the parent to be a certain way. And expectations, if they're not met, that's when you have these, uh, these feelings of, well, you just have feelings, basically. So it's turning into a Theo Vaughn uh, monologue here. So I'm going to wrap this up. And if you don't know who Theo Vaughn is, check out this past weekend podcast. It's awesome.